The dog days of summer are just about upon us, and so are the bulldog days. Well, rather, the bulldog days at SEC Media Days. Just a little over a week away. Let's talk about it here in the doghouse on the Believe Network. This is your host, David Murray, and we're not that far away from the unofficial kickoff of Southeastern Conference football season, i.e. the league's media days. It starts on July 18th. It's being held in Atlanta again. I say again, only the second time. The first time was 2018. It was supposed to return to the College Football Hall of Fame uh, edifice in 2020, but of course that whole event got shut down, and last year they were back in Hoover at the Winfrey. Well, they're going to give it a second shot in Atlanta, and of course uh, your humble correspondent will be there for Gene's page and the doghouse as well. It's four days. I'll only be there for half the day, um, and half a day is enough, believe me, in most cases. So I won't get to see but one of the 14 coaches. Well, I take that back. I may get to see Nick Saban because Mississippi State has drawn a slot alongside Alabama. It will be while I'm transcribing a talk with Mike Leach, obviously. Uh, the SEC commissioner will draw most of the headlines when he talks on Monday in his State of the Conference address. And it won't just be about his own conference he's talking because Greg Sankey is such a mover and shaker in national football circles. Talk about the topics that could be coming his way. And, of course, many coaches will be asked as well for follow-up, and I don't know that any of them would dare buck what the commish says. Well, if anybody does, it would probably be Mississippi State's Mike Leach, who always has his own unique take on many of these topics. Anyway, the ongoing uh, rearrangement of the conference landscape, how that factors into... Uh, the college football playoff expansion plans, uh, network plans, all sorts of plans which may have been blown up by a new plan from the Big Ten Conference stealing a couple of schools from out in sunny California to play in the Rust Belt. Well, Mississippi State and the SEC are sitting there uh, playing pretty comfortably right now as far as membership goes, but that topic will be all over the map, and I'm sure some players, 42 of them who represent the 14 schools, We'll also get asked about it. It's kind of unfair on their part. The coaches, it'll be interesting to see what they have to say. It'll also be interesting if uh, perhaps a couple of coaches from the SEC West are told, uh, would you all please be nice to each other and shut up? Well, anyway, that's all coming up in Atlanta and certainly will be there. And uh, we were talking uh, the other day, Steve Robertson and I, about what Bulldog players will be speaking for Mississippi State? Now, always three get taken per SEC request. Mississippi State has not announced them yet. The SEC will have that uh, privilege next week sometime, speaking to the PR office on campus today. They um, didn't really even get any clues because they're going to abide by the conference wishes. However, we can probably make some pretty good guesses. We'll get to that in just a moment. Of course, Mike Leach will have the longest single speaking stint uh, from the stage in the Hall of Fame's mock indoor football field. It's a much higher stage, as best I recall from 2018, than it is in the Winfrey Hotel Ballroom, and hopefully the audio's better in the bigger space. And come to think of it, since we're going to be in the heart of a bigger city, I might better check on my antivirus software before I open up the computer there in uh, downtown Atlanta. Uh, but the topic for right now... Uh, once upon a time, in a much easier time, uh, picking two or three team representatives was a reasonably simple process. And this is gross oversimplification, but that's what we do here quite often. It would usually be the quarterback, if you had a veteran who was proven on the team, uh, the best-known star on the defensive side, 
to counterbalance the quarterback there. And uh, usually a guy who is quite likely to be a high draft pick. That's because those would have the most recognition from media outside your immediate coverage circle. Uh, once upon a time, too, the press corps would uh, accept those and go with it and uh, not try to uh, put on a show by showing up coaches or players. Never try mind trying to grab some social media attention with little cutesy questions and odd answers. Well, it's a very different ball game today. I'm not no, I'm not going to be that old coot lamenting how the sports scene has changed. You know, in some cases, I have to admit. The current um, antagonism between media and coaches, even if totally manufactured on one side of it, it actually can produce more interesting stories than, say, just having your uh, left guard talk about, oh, how together his team is after a hard summer in the weight room and all very comparable quotes that, uh, hey, we passed along as if gospel. You know, years and years of that, you almost feel like you could write the script for them. Well, it's different now. Uh, sometimes, yes, indeed, uh, schools will bring the established stars who are sure to be there, like All-Americans and candidates for the national award trophies at the end of the year. They're pretty much guaranteed to show up from their separate schools unless, of course, they've done something in the offseason that would make them a target. Uh, sometimes, though, maybe even more often now, a coach and the public relations office will put their heads together and try to decide on, all right, do we bring guys who, since those others are sure of stardom, do we bring some guys who we want to draw votes for the preseason All-SEC teams? Uh, then it can be clever to bring those other players or rung below the star chart to get those names out in front of the voters. And I'm going to pass this on from personal experience. When you're sitting there in the room and trying to fill out an all-conference offensive line or defensive secondary you're calling on guys that you just don't know and certainly have not seen play in your own personal career. So you're defaulting to people that the schools have brought to their media day. You figure, hey, if they brought this linebacker, he's got to be good enough to make all SEC, unless there's a better linebacker there in case I'll put him on the second team. Now this is as good a time as any to make a confession. I have not voted on these all SEC preseason teams for many years. And it's for a simple fact. I've only been there for Mississippi State session, peripherally for whatever school was sharing it at the same time, and I don't get to hear what the other coaches and players have to say uh, instead of you know being there for the whole full, full days. So I just didn't feel like it'd be right for me to vote on uh, things that players and coaches have not said. Obviously, that is not... Uh, deterred most of my peers who don't stay the full four days but have no hesitation turning in their balance. So this year, I think I might actually vote. Okay, maybe I will be the old coot in this aspect because some of the all-SEC preseason teams I've seen in previous years, recent years that is, and all the more so predictions on who will finish where in the divisions and overall, it really makes me wonder now if many of those submitting the ballots know all that much about this whole conference in the first place. I think they too tend to default to the popular picks because they just don't bother to do their research or dig into anything, and they go with the superficials and the knowns. Now, I almost hear you uh, hollering back through the mic, where am I going to predict the Bulldogs to finish in this year's SEC West picking order? Patience, young Jedi. That will come in a few more weeks. 
Uh, that's when I have to state it on the record on Gene's page. So rather right now, I'd prefer to consider exactly who will Mississippi State send to take the stage for Mississippi State. Matter of fact, uh, I'd like to know who you would think and feel free to give feedback on our football board. Now, speaking as a beat writer, and which is what I am, I would request a couple of obvious ones. Will Rogers. You always want to talk to the quarterback. Jaden Crumity who I think has an excellent chance to make all SEC down the road. After that, hmm. Emmanuel Forbes, he is the only returning all SEC pick from a reputable, uh, sometimes I wonder if the coach's team is reputable. Just go with me on that. He was second team all last season, so he has a great chance of repeating in the preseason because, again, his name is out there and known. So I expect him to get some votes in Atlanta. Problem is, Emmanuel, good guy, not the best talker, and I don't know if it'd be wise to put him in front of the mob that he would be facing in various settings there. So I would probably, again, if this was me, the former PR director, I would go back on the offensive side and go with a talkative receiver who stands to score a lot of catches this season. You know, maybe take some of the catches that Makai Polk has left uh, behind him. You know, Michael Jamar Calvin, perhaps, um, since he's one of the old dogs of receiver core, and I thir- certainly thought he had a great spring. Yeah, there's several others you could choose from, but um, the ones who may have breakout years, well, that means they're not established, and you don't bring guys who aren't established unless they're old. Ooh, and that relates to what I think is actually going to happen. For now, I would say Rodgers will be obvious, and not just because he has a chance at getting all SEC. He's not going to be first team. Let's be clear, he won't be second team. It's going to be either Bryce Young or Stetson Bennett. And, okay, here's maybe some slander coming into effect. If this was being held in Hoover, it would automatically go to the guy from the closure team because then the uh, local media would totally dominate the big room voting there. The fact that Bennett is on the defending national champions and in his home state of Georgia, eh, maybe he's got a decent shot. No, I don't think he does. It's got to be Bryce Young because he checks the boxes in today's uh, priorities of being um, a big NIL producer and surely a NFL draft prospect. You know, that outweighs things, you know, meaningless things like a national championship on the resume. I guess I am turning into an old coot. Still, from Mississippi State standpoint, again, I would take Will Rogers because, after all, he is directing Mike Leach's air raid offense this year. He's got a stack of Mississippi State passing records, game, season, and already career. And he's starting to work on some SEC standards for season, career, and he owns the game record, too. He's also the true team leader by all insider accounts. And that matters because he has the right to speak for the team. However... I will not be the least bit surprised when the list comes out next week if he has to wait until another year to do this. And partly that's from how Leach has always handled his quarterbacks at various schools with a little extra care, and partly because he just prefers to let old guys talk for their team. And Rodgers, two years in the system, yes, but still technically a sophomore. You know, parenthetically, are we ever going to get straight on this class thing after the A, COVID year, and B, return year, and free transfer year, and all this stuff. 
it's just about to the point that class ratings outside of true freshmen are just about meaningless. Okay, semi-rant over. So if it proves the case that Mississippi State only wants to use older guys who, by virtue of being in the system, and even if that system was two and possibly even three coaches long, I think that narrows the field down to a bunch of all upperclassmen. My first obvious choice, not my choice, but who I think Mississippi State would choose, is Austin Williams. Now, I say that because Austin has been the reliable go-to guy in post games, sometimes even post practices late in the season when, uh, frankly, players are sick and tired of being held up after the session. They're ready to go eat supper and go study, and the last thing they want to do is deal with this media. Austin has been a bulldog in that respect. He's always showed up. He's always had the right things to say, win or lose, or practice. So I really believe that he will get that call just because he's so experienced at it, and you can't overrate experience dealing with a bunch of microphones and recorders and cameras being stuck in your face. Uh, No, he hasn't had the same quantity after Bulldog games, but he knows what it's like, and so when it scales up here for the SEC media days, I think Austin will be just fine. That's the same reason I'm going on the defensive side with linebacker Nate Watson. Uh, He's not been to media days himself, but he handled himself very well in interviews. He's a proven leader of the defensive side. He can certainly speak for the entire unit with authority, and he's trusted by his teammates and trusted by his coaches, which counts a heck of a lot in this. So who do I think would be the third guy? If it's going to be a senior, fourth, fifth, or sixth year, you've got some decent choices there. I'm going to take a chance and say it's a center, LaQuinston Sharp. I'm really confident on Williams and Watson. Not so sure about Sharp, but I kind of think he would be an easy default guy who could handle this. And because, well, another thing, he's an old dog with a story to tell about persevering over being a lightly ready recruit, having to go the junior college route, coming here, bouncing around position to position, being a soldier, and then getting a sixth season thanks to the NCAA. And now here he is back for another year as a starting center in the Southeastern Conference. I think that if the media would just use this guy, Sharp can give about as good a general commentary on this entire offense as anybody who throws or catches or runs because he's in the middle of all the action. He has to call the defensive line what they're going to do, communicate with his quarterback, communicate with the rest of the linemen. I think Sharp would just find, and he's a good interview. Not exciting, but solid and reliable. And as I said, that counts. And besides, he's also best equipped to discuss how the front line is going to replace Charles Cross and how they plan to keep Rodgers upright against SEC defenses that are entirely focused on attacking the quarterback. So I mentioned Williams and Watson. I think it just they're pretty safe, and that may be why they end up being the default selections. In fact, in a couple of cases, that's not a default at all. They're going to represent Mississippi State well. You know, I still wouldn't mind a guy like Grumity speaking for the other side of things um, because he's going to get respect from the coaches. Tyrus Wheat, that's another example, a a guy that would have been among my first selections. Uh, He's got an outside shot at all SEC come December if he plays to full speed this season and if the rest of the defense makes passers hold onto the ball just a little bit longer than last year. 
which is why Zach Arnett is now taking charge of the secondary for one thing. That gives Sweet a chance to start stacking up the sacks, which will get notice and honors. But that's in December. Right now, it's probably not enough name recognition to go with him, even though he certainly deserves it as a player. You know, Wednesday I filed a story suggesting a number of uh, Media Day's possible questions that Mike Leach will have thrown in his direction. And I stress, those are serious questions, not the kind of off-the-wall things that are tossed up there to elicit entertaining answers. Not that I mind those in the big room conference, just as long as I and others who cover state all season get a chance to talk real topics with the coach about this team, this season, and this program. That doesn't always happen in the big room. Um, and especially when it comes to Leach, because his reputation precedes him. You know, and honestly, SEC media has only had one real shot at him. That was in 2021, because as I said, 2020 was canceled. So... Maybe some of the novelty is worn off in trying to question him, but uh, knowing the media core these days, I think they'll be coming after him full speed just to get something amusing said, which is also another way of saying they don't really give a darn about Mississippi State football. That's just what I've learned over the many years dealing with it. I've been going to media days. In fact, I was at the very first one way back when in the Sheraton Hotel in downtown Birmingham. I've only missed a handful of them since, and trust me, it's uh, it's not a wasted day, but it's not always the most informative day. Hopefully that changes this year, because as I said, we want to get a talk with Leach if possible before he goes into the big room and talk to the players individually. Uh, Mike Nemeth will be firing the, the full Q&A from the big room um, that's provided, and I'll be uh, coming back with stories from the players and coach after that. You know... Media Days, it's a circus. Uh, and the SEC got up to a point where they're giving out four-figure uh, credentials. I'm serious. Over 1,000 credentials were given out. How many of those were given to people actually working to file stories and reports for the media? Mm, not a whole lot over half. I'm being a little uh, cynical about it, but uh, that's just how it developed. One thing I'll say, the withering away of newspapers and uh, also the withering away of expense accounts for TVs and radios has really cut down on attendance in that regard, too. So hopefully it means there's more professional working media there, which would raise the quality of the questioning and hopefully the answering as well. Yes, I'm the old guy here. And this is all just one old guy's guessing um, of what Mississippi State will send. Uh, By the way, the trio has been picked. And it'll be left to the SEC to announce it, whoever they are. I'm going to have a new uh, recorder ready to replace the one that's been used since, goodness, 2014. That wasn't a bad year to begin, huh? So, and you know, if I was uh, anything other than the coot that I am, I would, I would probably, you know, try something a little snarky where I covering the whole press conference myself. I'm not. So if anybody wants to take and grab this suggestion, feel free, but don't blame me for it if it blows up. In this day of name image likeness, what are the odds that some or other media members, when they face all 42 of these players in one at a time and they're over the four-day period, ask the guys, hey, what do you think you are worth in this NIL market? You know, imagine putting a kid on the spot like that. Some might take it and run with it and have fun. 
Some might freeze up, scared of what they might say. Some might just be honest and say, I'm worth this, that, and the other, and just throw it out there, and boy, do you know what kind of headlines that would create. That's why, among many other reasons, you want a safe guy in front of the mics and cameras in this day and age, because there are so many big picture questions that only a commissioner, to lesser extent coaches and athletic directors, can answer, but the players are going to be put on the spot on what they think about NIL, what they think about uh, conference moves, who they want in the conference, who would they like to play, all these kind of things, which, you know, players actually end up having to do, but they don't make the decisions on who gets to do it. That's just how things have changed in college football, how things keep changing. And I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. So, you know, I mentioned that uh, the recorder 2014, that turned out to be a pretty good year, as I seem to recall. Maybe not the greatest ending, but the year certainly had a lot of fun. Uh, Maybe 2022 can approach such memorable status in some other ways uh, over the long haul. If it does happen, hey, you heard it from this coach and his chosen dogs first at this year's edition of SEC Media Days. That's our doghouse talk for this evening. Um, well, I'll be filing in the morning, but you get the idea out there. And you can also tell that we're struggling for some commentary at this point because we don't have a lot of hard new information going specifically with Mississippi State. However, that's about to change on the baseball front because uh, my Chris Lamonis has been able to pile up a bunch of transfers and is waiting for one. The biggest prize of all in the pitcher catcher from Air Force just waiting to see what he does because if Mississippi State can pull him in, then you'd have to say that's a fabulous portal recruiting class or just a fabulous recruiting class anyway. Even without him, it's a very good class and a quick rebuild. But time's running out for a lot of these decisions because the Major League Draft is looming too. In fact, it starts the Sunday night before SEC Media Days on the 17th which means I will be able to cover the first round here in Startville, but then I'll be heading to Atlanta on Monday and taking care of business Tuesday. So y'all will have to uh, get your draft information from many other sources there. That's what's happening in the baseball front. I had a chance to drive by Humphrey Coliseum the other day and look at, uh, at least from a safe outside distance, the work that's going on in the renovation. A little bit sad to see some of those block buildings that jutted out from the old big birthday cake have been torn away, but that tells you where they're making room for new additions that will certainly ease the traffic flow, foot traffic, I mean, in and out of the Humpy Dome, and also make for a much more enjoyable experience as far as concessions, restrooms, uh, souvenir sales, all sorts of things. Just uh, streets blocked off all around there. That's going to be a pain come football season, quite obviously, but it's worth it because Humphrey Coliseum is getting a serious renovation, long overdue, but just in time for a brand new coaching staff, both men's and women's basketball, and uh, a whole bunch of uh, new and old players on Chris Jan's team, which means we'll have to start paying more attention to the uh, bouncy ball game once their preseason gets going. So there's still a few things happening, but baseball, basketball, they'll be giving way to football soon enough. It begins with SEC Media Days on the 18th, Mississippi State on the 19th, and we plan to be there representing you by Gene's Page and the Doghouse here on the Believe Network. This is your host, David Murray, and we'll be talking to you again next week or in this crazy days when uh, – 
teams jump all over the map for conference expansion and news is popping out about players and eligibility and all sorts of things. Maybe we have to keep coming back with updates on that. Oh, we don't mind. Talking to you fans is what we enjoy doing, and we'll keep doing it here in the doghouse. Thanks for listening. This is your host, David Murray.